are listening to The Depression Session at 99.1 FM Downtown Radio. Each week, we'll have a new guest tell the story of their depression. I'm your host, Laura Milkins, and thank you for joining us on The Depression Session. Just a note for my listeners, I want to make sure you understand that this is a show about depression, and some of the content can be triggering, so please take care of yourself if something on the show brings up difficult feelings, and seek professional help if you need it. Thank you. Hello and welcome to the Depression Session on Downtown Radio. Today we have with us in the studio Ross McKeechee. Ross is a yoga teacher and personal consultant focusing on heart-centered living and helping his clients live their heart's vision. We'll be right back with Ross. But first, let's talk about hormones. Okay, so oh, back in 2012 in my year of despair, I was having perimenopausal symptoms and having a really hard time Having anybody really believe that that was what was happening, I could tell because periods were too close together and I felt crazy. And the worst part was the crazy part. And I did a bunch of research at the time, didn't feel like I got a lot of help and was having panic attacks and anxiety and even paranoia. And I know I've talked about this on the show again. Well, it's happening again. Yay. <laughs> so depression is one thing and anxiety is another thing. And I, I always feel like they're on a balanced scale. One comes up, the other goes down. My depression is actually just fine. I don't feel all that depressed, but I'm actually feeling pretty anxious and things are off hormonally. So I did a little research to share with you all. Um, from webmd.com, perimenopause or menopause transition, begins several years before menopause. It's the time when the ovaries gradually begin to make less estrogen. It usually starts in women in their 40s, but can start in her 30s or even earlier. Perimenopause lasts up to up until menopause, the point when the ovaries stop releasing eggs. In the last one or two years of perimenopause, this drop in estrogen speeds up. At this stage, many women have perimenopause or have menopause symptoms. Like the whole variety of range with insomnia and, you know, I've been waking up at two in the morning for years now, but the anxiety and just downright paranoia. And I don't know how many women out there relate to this, but just about once a month, I get a little bit of anxiety and sometimes mild, like that person doesn't like me kind of paranoia where you're just feeling like, ah. well, it's it when I had it before, it was really, really classic paranoia. And I talked to my doctor and I actually got a lot of help from my shiatsu guy. And I'm thinking I should call him again because then it's like little things are happening and I am making a story out of it. My brain is making us, my hormone brain is making a story out of it that is not actually have anything other than a feeling. And the feeling is really real. Like there's something wrong. There's something wrong. There's something wrong. This person wants me to lose my job. I mean, it's even to that point. And I logically, the part of my brain that's very logical is like, that's not happening. That's your hormones. That doesn't make any sense. But you get a funny glance and you think I've done something wrong. And I'm now I'm in trouble. And it's just, it's a, it's a terrible feeling. And when I had it before, it was quite extreme where I felt like people really were watching me and knew that wasn't true. I'm not feeling that now. And it's kind of past, but it comes along with all these other symptoms. And I don't feel like it's talked about a whole lot. And I don't feel like healthcare professionals are trained really well with it. Cause I had somebody tell me, Oh, you can't be, you're too young. I was 40. That's right here. You know, women in their 40s can start even in their 30s. So I find it disturbing that there's 
that the information out there is is not necessarily all that helpful. If you go online, you can find a whole bunch of information. So I have one more for ambrin.net, causes of panic disorders. Paranoia or panic disorders during menopause can happen due to imbalances in key chemical messengers in the brain, known as neurotransmitters. Brain chemicals such as dopamine and serotonin are responsible for feelings of calm and happiness, while other chemical messengers such as neo, I'm going to say this wrong, noripiphrine, regulate energy levels and fight or flight responses in crises. In particular, estrogen plays a key role in the brain's production of serotonin. As hormone levels of estrogen and other hormones begin to decline and fluctuate during menopause, brain chemistry can become altered. Serotonin levels can descend, and adrenaline levels can rise, affecting the way that women interpret events and people around them, and even how they perceive themselves. Chemical changes during menopause can lead to feelings of panic, dread, and heightened self-consciousness just me being the slightly hippie person that I am, what I found most helpful was going to my shiatsu guy and having him work on my meridians and get things lined up. So I'm going to reach out to him. I think I'll go to a regular healthcare practitioner as well. I do have my, actually she's a nurse practitioner and she's, she's really wonderful and kind. So I'll talk to the two people I trust and just say, I'm, I'm going through these symptoms again. Can we get me back in alignment so that the transition, wherever, wherever it's going, which at some point for all women, it goes to a place where you're not producing those hormones anymore, that I work with that now preemptively so that I don't end up in a place where I feel like people are watching me or following me. So for any of you who've ever experienced any of that, one book that I, or if you just want to know about the female brain in general and what chemicals happen from birth to death and all the transitions along the way, there's a really great book by Luann Brizidine, The Female Brain. So check it out. I found it really helpful. Lots of information of like actually hormonally what's happening in your brain and what all those hormones do for women. She started that book because she realized there were no studies about female brains. Neurologists were studying men. And she said, why are there no studies on women? And they said, well, the hormones throw it off. And she said, well, men have hormones. So she started looking into it and doing like some pretty heavy research and finding other studies where they were studying women. Anyway, check it out, the female brain. Today we have with us in the studio, Ross McKeechee. Ross is a yoga teacher and personal consultant focusing on heart-centered living and helping his clients live their heart's vision. Hello, Ross. Welcome to the Depression Session. Hi, Laura. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for coming on the show. My pleasure. Yeah, we're talking from afar. You guys will enjoy our, another Skype interview. <laughs> yes, I'm up in Vancouver, Canada. Oh, is it beautiful? You know what? Yeah, it is. It's uh, spring weather here, and we've had a really long, wet winter, the, mm. the wettest on record for a long time. So the birds are chirping, the flowers are blooming, you can smell the flowers in the air. It's really beautiful. Sounds gorgeous. It's supposed to be in the 90s today Ooh. in Tucson. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us a little about, about yourself. Right. So like you said, I'm, I'm a, a yoga teacher and a personal consultant. I help people live more from the heart, live what I call their heart's vision, which is living a more authentic life, living their vision for life. And, and I say it's their heart's vision because it's truly uh, our essence, our uniqueness, our uh, authenticity comes from a place in the heart center. I help people live from that place more, do the inner work, and then apply that in the outer aspects of their life, whether it be um, 
a business. I work with a lot of entrepreneurs or whether it be a charitable project. I like to work with people that are doing something to make positive shifts on the planet. Sounds beautiful. Yeah. Ah, and how long have you been doing the business? I've been doing it for about a year now. Was- um, I've been preparing for it, I guess, my whole life. It's all been, you know, everything's self-fulfilling and a preparation for the next stage of life as you go through these constant transformations. So I've been formally doing this for about a year now, but I've been meeting up with friends and, and sort of playing that role for a long time unofficially <laughs> are, are it's like at what point is it official at what point is it just you know be it's it's just a transition throughout life you know <laughs> right yeah yeah i guess I, I i what we think of as officials i started i started asking for some money for my time perfect wow. i think that's an important piece well if people wanted to reach out to you what would they look for they can go to my website which is live heart vision.com liveheartvision.com and they can check it out there and they can schedule sessions with me or send questions and I'd love to hear from anybody great well shall I begin my story yeah Ross tell us the story of your depression well my my story of depression starts and ends with meditation and with sitting with myself so I'd say it all began with a sense of unhappiness, a sense of being consumed by my thoughts, a sense of feeling overwhelmed by life. I was in school at university at the time at business school and just totally overwhelmed. I couldn't sleep in the middle of the night. My mind would just be racing. So I started, I started getting up in the middle of the night and just sitting with it. And I started actually journaling and writing and writing poetry and getting some releasing all this content that was coming up in my mind and getting some clarity in terms of what was going on within me. And you could say that was the start of my quote. And I say quote unquote spiritual journey, because I think the word spiritual for some people might have connotations that doesn't for others. And to me, the spiritual journey is just the journey of inner evolution and development where we're moving towards higher states of consciousness Uh, higher potentials and greater ease, peace, inspiration, love, compassion, those kinds of qualities. Um, So that was the start of my quote unquote spiritual journey was this, this sort of painful, uh, overwhelmed, not being able to sleep kind of experience. So I started reading some books and practicing a little bit of meditation and Fast, this was this would have been 2007, and then if we fast forward a couple of years, things you know I was steadily feeling a little bit better, and then at one point I sort of decide I this decision was made in my mind that I was going to devote myself to realizing what the spiritual masters had realized, and so I I just focused on that, I focused on that completely, and I started having these really profound experiences of uh, expanded consciousness where my sense of individual self would sort of dissolve into this expansive open experience simultaneously I started experiencing all this pain and sadness and grief that uh, I hadn't identified within myself before as I so essentially as I began to open and go into these expansive states it opened the floodgates all of this shadow stuff, this repressed emotional patterning and conditioning, 
from who knows whether it's just from this lifetime or from lifetimes before as well, started to come up. And I found myself every morning, I would create a space and I still do this every day. I create a space. I call it a sanctuary for myself to sit and just be with myself. And if anything needs to come up, everything's welcome. So I began, you know, this process of grieving, I would say. I would go into these, this, this intense weeping for long periods of time, falling apart, essentially just falling apart on the floor. And so it was this interesting process. And this, this process has actually gone on for quite a few years to varying degrees of extremes. The essence of it was that the deeper I went into this despair, allowing myself to feel it, allowing myself to release it, actually, the more it was opening my heart to these beautiful qualities that we sometimes identify as spiritual qualities, love, care for other people, self-compassion, self-love. And I started taking, I started getting much more sensitive. So uh, the foods I was eating, I started realizing actually how much the foods that we eat affect our moods. And I became very sensitive. My, my whole nervous system, my whole body, and this is, a, this is in the yoga system, they, they've always known this. Like what we, the, the things that we ingest, our thoughts, our foods, our environments, the media, the things we read, all of these affect our, our mental, emotional state and our physiology. So I started getting very sensitive to all of these things. It was difficult because I was living in Vancouver and I had a, a certain lifestyle with my friends. I had a partner. We'd been together since high school. I was going through these profound changes. I lost, I lost, I went from like 215 pounds to about 165 pounds in about six months. So I shed all this emotional, mental baggage and I shed all of this physical baggage as well. And my partner and I went on a trip to Southeast Asia in 2009 and, and there's a real shift that happened there as well. And we came back from the trip and people didn't even recognize me. I looked completely different. So there's that challenge. That was really hard. Trying to come to terms with this transformation I was going through and trying to explain it to people who didn't understand and feeling the pressure from my friends, from my partner to sort of live up to the way I used to be, this personality, these, you know, partying, that sort of thing. And it just didn't interest me anymore. So there was this up and down of going back into these old patterns and then feeling really bad about it and being having a really sensitive body that couldn't handle it anymore, trying to explain it to people. And it just, things weren't lining up. So eventually I, um, I was lucky enough to, to create some space for myself to go and take a retreat on one of the Gulf Islands here in, in British Columbia, which where my parents live. It's called Denman Island. And they live there, and they've got a beautiful property on the water. And they needed some help doing some planting, doing some gardening, doing some building up there. And at this time, all I wanted to do was just um, practice yoga and meditate and be in nature, you know, and write. And so I did that. I sort of isolated myself for a while and that I, I went through a lot of darkness there as well as a lot of beauty. I was able to just be alone, to just be totally alone 
And if anything, I think that's a, a message in my story that's important, that taking time for aloneness is really important. Rather than, you know, I think we spend a lot of time distracting ourselves. And I, and I don't want to judge anybody. I want to be clear. I'm not judging anybody. If you need to distract yourself, that's fine. You know, like we all come to a point where we're ready to stop with the distraction. But until you are, that's just where you need to be. So, but we, I'd like to point out that we do distract ourselves, whether it be with TV and movies or uh, even books sometimes, food. It, sometimes I feel like antidepressants even can be a way of avoiding going into the pain that we need to experience because our culture has such an idea that pain, we shouldn't experience pain. It's, ah, everybody should be happy, ha ha. No, light, without the darkness, we can't have the light in life. That's, it's part of it. And we need to go into it and go through it. But there is a light on the other side. And that's uh, a very important thing to realize. I think having people who have been through it tell you that, it can give you the courage to fuel you on your journey to go into it and move through that pain, realizing that it does have a real purpose behind it. And the purpose is a transformational one. It, it helps us evolve and, and become who we already are, the next version of ourselves that we already are beneath all these layers of pain and uh, emotional debris. There is another more quote unquote enlightened version of ourselves, And that word gets way overused, but enlightened by in terms of we're lighter, we're more open. We feel more safe in our body. We're more compassionate for ourselves because we allow ourselves to go through these things and we're more compassionate for others based on the fact that we've been able to treat ourselves with compassion. So I, I'll come back to the, the, the storyline now. I, I was on retreat on Denman Island and I, I feel so lucky I was able to do that. And I worked through a lot of things and I was able to work through a lot of uh, inherited family stuff actually directly with my parents at the time too, which I think is a big one. We inherit a lot of things to just get passed down through the generations. At the end of that four months retreat on the island, I felt it was time to leave and go back out into the world, you know, and, but it didn't feel right for me to move back in with my partner. Like I felt like I had to ask her permission to come back home. And I went back home and yeah, it was, it had changed between us and it was over. And, uh, that was really hard for me to accept. And I would say that that was another huge thing that sent me into a, a real time of quote unquote depression. Uh, I had to, there was, we had been together for 11 years. So there's so much love and goodness between us and so much attachment. Like we had our whole life was together. So who am I now without this person? It's a really difficult thing to go through. And anybody who's going through that now, my heart goes out to you and uh, it's, it's a challenge. At that point, I, I was, it was about making a new life for myself. I went and worked up nor in northern BC for a while. And that was a, a dark, a very, the darkest year of my life, I would say. I was working in a toxic work environment in a remote place doing hard work. And, and I'm speaking in Celsius here, minus 30, minus 40 degrees Celsius, which is really cold. And it was dark. And I was going into a lot of darkness. So whenever I was not working, I was sitting with myself, being with it, processing these emotions and going through this, uh, this process of being depressed. 
which was bringing me through the other side. Fast forward the end of that year, because I know we're running out of time, I, I, I came back and I took a trip to India to do some volunteer work. And I was just in this place of whatever life offers me, I'm going to say yes to it. My dad suggested we go to India. I did that. And through that, I indirectly met my yoga teacher. I didn't actually end up meeting her until I came back to Vancouver, but I met a man there who had lived in the same ashram as her, and she's from South India. And when I came back to Vancouver, I met her, and I started getting stable. And I've been stable now for the last couple of years. And when I say stable, I mean taking responsibility for the basics in life, staying in one place for a while and integrating all these experiences I've had. And now I'm in a place where I'm able to offer uh, my journey and my experiences and where I'm coming from as a, a service to other people and help them with what they're going through and help them come to grips with life and the pains and struggles and the joys and inspirations. And like I said, the story starts and it ends with meditation. And meditation is a, a broad term. I think the essence of meditation is to be with yourself, to be fully undistractedly with yourself. And so I still do that every day. And whatever needs to come up is well, I welcome it. And I, and I love myself through it. And I am so grateful for the pain that I've been through. And I thank the pain if it comes up at any point. And I welcome the tears just as I welcome the laughter because I think without going into the pain and the heartbreak and the grief and the depression, we can't truly appreciate the joy and the inspiration and the love that life has to offer. So I, I welcome all of it. And I hope that anybody who's heard this story might be heartened to find a way to welcome whatever's coming into their world as well. Thank you so much for your story. And I just have a couple of things I want to pull out from there. Uh, one is just this kind of whole, whole self concept. It's, it's interesting because that's that you're the second guest in the last couple of weeks that has talked about that embracing, not just the culture that we have American culture, I think Canadian culture also, maybe just culture, right? Western culture right now is this like, be happy, be happy. If you feel yeah. sad, take a medicine, see your doctor. If you have yeah. any negative feelings, go see your doctor as opposed yeah. to my, I've been thinking about my grandmother and her generation of like stiff upper lip, grin and bear it, don't whine. And yeah. I feel that this more whole person, body, spirit, mind idea of you're allowed to have your negative feelings and incorporate them into your life and embrace them. Yeah, absolutely right. I think as a, as a society, as a world community, we need to learn how to hold the space for people when those negative emotions do come up because most of us don't feel safe to express the fact that we're feeling negative because what happens either people reject you or they immediately try and fix you there's not much just oh i hear you i'm sorry you're feeling that way and that's it and then you know just being able to speak it out is is the main thing it's i'm experiencing this right now i just want to let you know that it's not you i'm not putting it on you but i'm i'm feeling angry right now okay thanks for telling me that's all that needs to happen. Simple. It's true. And 
it isn't something that there's a lot of space for. That's what I'm hoping with this show is to provide a space for people to talk from their heart about what they've experienced because there's a, a, a kind of stigma and judgment that goes to not being okay. And what I love about your journey is the not being okay is something you're thankful for. And that yeah. you see it as this journey where you you went to these dark places that allowed you to look at yourself and take you on a whole journey to being embracing all of it, I guess. The, the underlying principle is that these things are, are, are there in our shadow, whether we want to embrace them or not. So you might as well, when you start noticing them, thank them for being there and, and find out how to, how to process it and move through it and get to the other side of it. Because otherwise it's always just going to be there unconsciously running the show. Yeah. It's there anyway. So pushing, anyway. <laughs> pushing it down, doesn't <laughs> covering it up. <laughs> yeah. It's scary as that is because it's not easy for me. It's I'm just going back to the beginning of our show, recognizing that a lot of what I'm going through emotionally right now is a, a life change. And it's a, it's not one that I'm feeling all that welcoming of because the last time I was experiencing these feelings, they went to a place that was scary. And now I have, I have the, the anxiety that's happening, I think on a pretty hormonal level, coupled with the emotional anxiety of, Oh no, I don't want to do this again. I don't want to do this at all. And so it's good to talk to you today because I'm like, okay, let's be thankful for this part of my life. That's a transition. It's a journey. It's like, I feel like, you know, I've got new butterfly wings waiting to come out for whatever the next stage is for life, but I'd rather stay in my cocoon. (laughs) (laughs) Be in the cocoon phase with this transition right now, right? Yeah. And, and allow enough space for that. It's very, it's very hard in our busy, busy, busy. The distractions are not just distractions of the choices you make in life, but also the circumstances of modern life. The culture that we're living in is one of absolute overwork and overwhelm. Yep. And it's not, and we've gotten ourselves into a situation where we're completely over, overstressed. Like 99% of our population is totally depleted and worn out. So how can you be expected? Like, how can you be expected to have the energy to uh, do any kind of inner work at the end of the day when you've just, you know, you're up so early fighting traffic, dealing with the kids, you know, all this stuff. And then, uh, and then you come home, of course you want to just turn on the TV and zone out. Of course you do. Unfortunately, that ends up lowering your, ener- lowering your energy even more. It's a paradox. So there's a lot of cycles we need to break on a collective, but the only way that can happen is through individuals making choices. And it comes from s- some sort of, maybe you could call it grace, and it also comes from some sort of intense willpower to make a change. And one person at a time, it's, it's happening. There's a principle that everything that happens within us has a purpose as a as a positive intention or message for us it's a part of us it's working for us but we we misinterpret it or we're afraid of it or we repress it and i would say that 
huge amount of depression we're seeing in our society might be a message to slow down, to take some time and space, to allow yourself to do nothing once in a while, to just sit and be with yourself, to be quiet, to be still, to feel whatever's going on. Slow down. There's too much going on. It's not that there's something wrong with you. It's that there's something that's not natural about the way that we're living. It's out of sync with the way of nature. Well, that is a perfect way to end the show. Thanks so much for being on the depression session, Russ. Thank you, Laura. I want to mention again that if you found some of the content of today's episode triggering, please seek professional help and call 911 if you feel like hurting yourself or others. I'm not a licensed therapist, and this show and the station are not endorsing any remedies or products. The purpose of this show is to destigmatize depression through storytelling. You can find a link to mental health services on downtownradio.org on the About KTDT page. To listen to the podcast, or if you're interested in being on the show, contact us at www.thedepressionsession.com. You've been listening to The Depression Session on Downtown Radio Tucson with music by Septa Helix. Find us on Facebook and Twitter at The Depression Session Podcast. Thank you.